Good morning. It's sure good to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Lang. For those of you that I haven't met yet, our uh, pastor, Pastor Mueller, and his family are out of town uh, this morning. So uh, I have the privilege of sharing God's Word with you, especially today as we focus on the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, what does that mean for our lives? I look forward to sharing God's Word with you. Later in the service, uh, we will be confessing, which is our practice and the practice of many Lutheran churches, the Athanasian Creed. And this is found in your hymnal on page 319 and 320. And so we'll be asking you to turn to that a little bit later in the service, and uh, we'll read that uh, responsively. Um, and so I'll read uh, the odd numbers, and you'll respond with the even numbers. And uh, I'll say a little bit more about that creed later in the service, um, just as a, as a uh, little time of teaching on that, what that creed is all about. There are a few announcements there in the back part of your uh, last page of your uh, worship guide. And uh, we do have a new mailing address. And so there's information about our new mailing address. If you want to send anything into the church, please uh, use that new mailing address. Uh, also, the life team, um, if you're interested in serving the preborn on June 6th at 7 p.m. at Good Shepherd Collinsville, there will be uh, opportunities to serve. And uh, finally, um, today there will be no Bible study today since Pastor Mueller is usually uh, not here and usually teaching that. No confirmation class today as well. And the uh, Sunday evening prayer meeting will also not be a meeting this evening. Um, for all of the announcements, please check your uh, worship guide. And at this time, I'd like to ask Jared uh, to come forward. Um, he will be sharing. He's one of our elders and be sharing um, our latest uh, news in terms of the um, uh, the uh, latest developments for uh, COVID. Thank you, Jared. Morning, everybody. Um, so the elders asked me to come and speak since pastor's out of town and our president of the church is back there running a live stream this morning and our vice president is out of town. Um, as the secretary, I got tasked to come here and speak to you this morning. I'd like to start by thanking everybody for filling out the surveys that we sent out. We got a really good response from those, so we appreciate all of your participation in that. Um, lots of good feedback came from that, so thank you for that. Um, also, happy Memorial Day to everybody, so I'd like to thank everybody who has served or knows and loves someone who is serving. Um, we appreciate that. Um, for the next uh, reopening, or whatever we're calling it here, uh, as far as service times and worship uh, in person goes for St. James, what we are going to do um, moving forward, this will start June 13th, so that's two Sundays from now. Um, in order to make sure, we're going to do some changes in order to make sure the changes are ready technology-wise. Um, two weeks from now, we'll start on June 13th. Um, we're going to move to an 8 a.m. service, so this service time will be earlier in the morning. It will be mask required, um, and then we will still cap that service for um, at 50 people. And then the at 9.30, we're going to do an in-person Bible study with Sunday school. So kids are welcome. Um, adults will do the Bible study at 9.30. It'll be downstairs like always. Um, that will be mask optional. Um, it will be live streamed as well. So for those of you who participate that way or who um, don't feel comfortable being in person but still want to participate, that will be live. Um, we're working on those details now, so we'll be with you on that as we can. Um, and then there will be a 1045 service following. Um, so this, the second service will move back a little bit, and that will be um, open to all and mask optional at that time as, as well. So we, got, we had over 80 responses to the survey that we sent out. 90, over 90% 90 of the people who responded said they were ready to have an, a mask optional service. We do have some people who still don't feel comfortable being here without masks on. So we're going to try to accommodate both groups as we move forward. Um, we are watching the data as close as, as closely as we can and trying to make sure everybody feels comfortable here at St. James as best we can. Um, the live stream service, for those of you who are watching at home right now, uh, will move to the 1045. Okay? So if you're watching at home, it'll be a new time. It won't be the 9 o'clock. It'll be the 1045 after we do Bible study and Sunday school. And again, this starts in two weeks on June 13th. Okay? Um, also, while I have your attention, if you don't mind, um, Bill Brink, who is the deacon of the outdoor property, and Joe Rathert, our president, are looking for a few more volunteers to help with the mowing around um, the church property. Um, the volunteer list has gotten a little short, I think, and um, we have looked into some possible quotes on having it done by a service. 
but I know a lot of people like to do it. We've been told that people enjoy doing it. So before we move outside, we wanted to open it up to the congregation to see if anybody else was interested in helping. Um, it is a great way to serve. I know it takes some time. Um, if you're interested in doing that, you can contact uh, Cheryl in the church office. She can put you in contact with Bill Brink or Joe Rathert, or you can contact them directly. Um, Joe usually schedules it. Um, you never do it by yourself, I'm told. You do it um, in pairs, so it's, it's never quite as big a job as it seems. Um, so if you're interested in that, please reach out and um, do us all a favor and help out with that, too. Okay, we appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. And the, the hope is that uh, ultimately, um, Lord willing, COVID will subside and we'll be able to come back together and worship all together at one time. Um, but there are uh, worshipers here today that are immune compromised. And so we do thank you for uh, being careful um, to wear a mask. And if you are not feeling well, uh, please stay at home and worship a live stream um, so that uh, those who, who are concerned about their health, uh, rightly so, uh, can continue to come safely to worship. Um, we will also ask for that 8 o'clock service that you would um, sign up online ahead of time and um, try to distance yourself in the, in the sanctuary to, to uh, protect those who are concerned about their health uh, for, for good reasons. Um, we will have masks available. That We do have a couple in the back. We'll be bringing more in for those who have forgotten them at home and need them as well. All right, if you have any questions about any of this, please contact one of the elders um, or Pastor Miller and let him know what your concerns might be or your questions are as we seek to accommodate everyone and uh, make sure everyone can, can worship in a way that they feel safe and uh, secure. And uh, we will continue to offer a worship live stream as well, as Jared mentioned. All right, let's, uh, as we come to the Lord, let's open with prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come together in your name today, gathering as your people, called by your name, baptized into your name, thanking you for your good and gracious gifts. Bless us now with your presence. Fill our hearts, Holy Spirit, and may our lives abound in good works, in love, and charity towards others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. We confess our sins. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Because of Jesus, God has forgiven us all our sin. Hear the gospel of Christ from 1 John. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Please be seated.
Our psalm, which we'll read responsively, is from Psalm 16, beginning with verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading today is from Isaiah chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the, voice, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost." For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our uh, New Testament reading from the book of Acts comes from Acts chapter 2, beginning with 14 and then continuing with verses 22 and following. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David said, Concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please stand to honor our Lord Jesus and his word to us from the gospel. The gospel according to John chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'd like to begin by talking to the kids here that are here today. We have a few young children in the back, and uh, I don't know if you can hear me back there, kids, but I wanted to start off by talking to you this morning about God. And maybe you've wondered before, maybe some of the grown-ups or older uh, kids that are here today have wondered, what, what is this all about, that there's one God, but yet there, there are three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? How can that be? And maybe, maybe later today, maybe you'll go home and you'll maybe talk to your mom or dad about it and maybe ask them about it. But one thing that's been helpful for me and was helpful for me as a child was to think about things that God had made. And maybe you've already done this. Maybe someone has pointed this out to you before, but maybe not. Um, think about an egg. This isn't a perfect image or explanation, but it helped me when I was younger. If you can think in your mind about an egg, and that there's one egg, right? But what happens if you crack it open? What happens if you crack that egg open? There is the shell, and there's the white part of the egg, right? And then there's the yellow part of the egg. So there are three, and yet together they make up one egg. Or think about an apple. An apple, if you cut it open, has the skin. Sometimes your mom might, or dad might peel that skin off to make, make something for you. There's the skin of the apple, but then there's the part that you eat. We call that the flesh. And then there's also the seed inside. Now, God isn't an egg, and God isn't an apple. But God made the egg. God made the chickens that lay the egg. And God made the apples the apple tree that makes the apples. And so we can, we can begin to understand a little more about how something can be one and at the same time three as we think about these things that God has made. So I wanted to start with, with you kids and maybe some of you grown-ups, maybe some, some adults have struggled with the same thing and maybe you've heard these examples before, but uh, it doesn't hurt, I don't think, to hear them again, because it, 
It is a mystery, this mystery of the Trinity that we focus on today. We hear about that mystery of the Trinity in Jesus' words to Nicodemus in our gospel reading today. Um, He begins by talking to Nicodemus about being born again, being born again of water and the Spirit. He mentions the Holy Spirit. And maybe in your your mind you were brought back to think about Genesis and the, the Spirit of God hovering over the deep that we read about in Genesis, the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And then... Jesus goes on at, towards the end of this chapter to, to talk about himself, to say that uh, the Son of God was sent from the Father to save us from our sins, to be lifted up. The message of the Trinity and the message of this uh, chapter, John chapter 3, is a message of hope. It's all about hope, of being born again of the Holy Spirit and being saved by Jesus, the Son of God, the Father. Indirectly, Jesus is teaching about the Trinity in in these words to Nicodemus, and his teaching is all about hope. We tend to place our hope in a lot of different things, don't we? We might place our hope in our abilities, um, maybe when you were younger and athletic, um, and we're able to think about how your athleticism might get you a, a spot on the team, or maybe in your mental capabilities and how your mental capabilities might land you a better grade or a better job. We put our hope as adults in our work, in our jobs, in our income, in our savings, in doctors, in politicians, and so on. We place our hope in a lot of different things. And none of these are bad in and of themselves. All of these are good gifts from God, However, when we place our hope in them as if they were a God that can save us, we are placing our hope in the wrong place. In this conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus teaches him and us to place our hope in only one, in God. Not just any God, but a specific God comprised of three entities or persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're invited to participate in the Trinity. Where do you put your hope? Maybe as I was uh, listing off those, those, uh, that brief list of items and places where we tend to, to put our hope, maybe one of those resonated with you. Maybe you can think, yeah, yeah, I have put my hope there. I have put my hope in my, in my abilities or or my income, or my savings, or, or my, my doctor, or, or my politicians. It happens to all of us. We tend, as we, we look at the things uh, around us in this world, and we see things that we can, we can place our hope in, that we, we're gra- we gravitate towards them, we're drawn to them. We place our hope in these, in these things. But God has something much greater that we can place our hope in. Himself. Let's look at our text. If you go back to uh, verses 3 through 8, you see this man, Nicodemus, and it turns out later this man, Nicodemus, uh, that Jesus said about him, you, you, you don't listen to us. Later, the same Nicodemus was one who was there at the burial of, of Christ in the tomb. Nicodemus comes at night to Jesus hiding his identity, not wanting to be seen with Jesus, but asks him a very, uh, or, or makes a very clear statement that he, he knows there's something unique about this Jesus. And notice how Jesus answers him. He doesn't say, uh, oh, yes, that's true. Uh, I come from God. Or, uh, yes, it's true. These miraculous signs. God is, God is with me. He responds with, with a statement that is far from anything that, that Nicodemus was coming uh, to him with. Jesus goes straight to, uh, to the heart of the matter. And what Jesus is talking about here is, is life. Nicodemus, as a devout Jew, uh, one who feared God, thought that he, he had life. 
But Jesus is teaching him that he needs something different. Maybe you're here this morning or listening on the live stream and, and you're thinking, I've got what I need. But you're here. You're seeking, perhaps like Nicodemus, not really sure what this Jesus is all about. And Jesus' answer to him is, is a good answer to us as well, to you as well. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus is talking kingdom talk. The kingdom of God. The restored kingdom that the Jewish people were looking forward to, that all of the Old Testament points forward to. This restored kingdom that God had promised to David and then later through the prophets that God would raise up one like David and this kingdom would never end, this kingdom of God. A kingdom that would that would fill the earth, and a kingdom that would be eternal. A kingdom both heavenly and earthly. And he's saying, if you want to be a part of this kingdom, there's something that needs to happen. You need to be born again. Nicodemus is thrown off base. He's completely confused by Jesus' talk. Nicodemus is thinking earthly. And he asks, well, how can this be? How could, how could a person enter into his mother a second time to be born again? That's foolish. The Jesus' response shows him that he's talking about something very different. He says, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit. For those of us who, who have the benefit of looking backward through history, looking back through what Jesus established, we can understand that his words are referring to, to baptism. Jesus commanded his disciples in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. The word baptize, the Greek word baptize means simply to wash, washing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And there are many other passages in the New Testament that teach us about what this baptism is all about. Paul in Romans says that baptism is, is a death, that we die, we're united with Christ in his death through baptism, and we rise with him to newness of life. For those of you who are, who are baptized, this is a word of hope. It's a word of hope and promise that you have been washed, you have been born again of water and the Spirit. Your old sinful nature that you were born into, that you were born with, has literally died with Christ. And you have received a new life. And although you may look at your life and think, as I do with mine, and think, well, that sinful nature is still around. It's true. And as long as we're here on earth, it'll stick around with us until Christ, until Christ uh, return or until, until the day that we die. But on the day of our death or the day of Christ's return, we are completely set free from that old nature that has already been put to death in our baptism. You have been born again. And for those of you who aren't baptized, perhaps there are some of you today that, that are thinking, well, that sounds good, but I'm not baptized. What does this have to do for me? Well, Nicodemus wasn't baptized either. And this word of hope is, is for you also. It's an invitation to be to be born again, to, an invitation to come to the water of baptism and to be baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and to receive this new life that Jesus is talking about. There is hope in being born again. Jesus continues in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. In other words, you were born to your parents you have flesh, you have a body, but you need more. He says, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If you want spiritual life, which is lacking in our natural state, that must come from God, and specifically from, from God the Holy Spirit. And here, Jesus is saying the way that he, God is offering that to us is through baptism. Jesus 
concludes this section by saying, don't marvel, you know, don't, don't be a surprise that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We can't see what God is doing through baptism. Uh, you didn't see what God did at your baptism. Your parents didn't see the Holy Spirit come into your life, but that is what happened. Jesus is explaining. For those of you who are baptized, you have received a new life. You have received the Holy Spirit. You have received life from God, and you have hope. And for those of you who haven't, this is for you. This gift is also for you, for everyone who hears the word of the Lord. Salvation is for all. Secondly, there's hope in Jesus. There's hope in the Holy Spirit and being born again. There's hope in Jesus who will be lifted up. Look at verses 10 through 15. Uh, Nicodemus asks after Jesus says all these things about the Holy Spirit and being born again, how can these things be? Jesus responds, you're the teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things. Truly I say to you, we speak of what we know, bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. I've told you earthly things and you don't believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Verse 13, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Now, you who are, who are uh, Bible readers, you might be thinking, well, what about uh, you know, those who, in the Old Testament who, who God gathered up into heaven? What about them? Well, it's true. God did gather up some in the Old Testament to, to be with him in heaven. But Jesus is specifically referring to himself here. Uh, they were, were uh, raised up by God. Jesus ascended of his own uh, authority and power because he is God. He is both true God and true man. He refers to himself here as he often does, the son of man. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, a reference to Exodus, when Moses, uh, when the Israelites were being bitten by poisonous vipers and uh, God commanded Moses to uh, place a, a serpent on a staff uh, and all who looked to it would, would be healed, a miraculous healing from God. And, and that's how we have the, the symbol of the medical profession today. Uh, Jesus explains that was pointing forward to what must come. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Uh, at the seminary, I attended Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. There is a, a cross that hangs from the ceiling with this uh, metal uh, serpent. And it, it's such a, a contrast to what we typically think about, you know, the, the statue of Jesus uh, or the, the crucifix of Jesus hanging nailed to the cross. Here's this serpent. Why a serpent? Well, it goes back to, to this passage in um, Exodus. Moses lifted up, and as Jesus references it here in John chapter uh, 3. But we also read that uh, Jesus embodied sin. That on the cross, he became sin for us. He took upon all of humanity's sin on the cross. Your sin. Your idolatry. The, all the times that you and I have put our hope in other things besides God. And for all the other sins that we have committed. He became sin for us on the cross. And he died. That sin was put to death. The punishment for sin was paid for. This is what Jesus is referring to. Of course, Nicodemus is clueless. He has no idea what, what Jesus is saying. But again, through, the eyes, of, through the, the eyes of history, we know what Jesus is referring to. So must the Son of Man be lifted up. So must Jesus be lifted up. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. We have hope. We have hope in the Holy Spirit and the new birth. And we have hope in Jesus who is lifted up for us. 
And Jesus goes on to say that we have hope because of the love of God the Father. Verse 16, for God, God the Father, so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world, in order that you and I might be saved through him. We look for hope. We look for hope in all kinds of places. But Jesus is teaching us, he's telling us, this is where true hope can be found. In the Holy Spirit, in Jesus, the Son of God, and in the love of God the Father, the the massive love that God the Father has for us who would offer up his, his only beloved Son for you. What a tremendous love God has for you. This is where we can find our hope, our true hope. And how do we experience that in our daily lives? Well, one way is through remembering our baptism. Remembering what God has done for us already without without our doing anything. He He has welcomed us. He has adopted us into his family. He has placed his name upon you. He has made you his own. Remembering your baptism is a way of experiencing the Trinity in your daily life. God invites us into a partnership with himself, into a participation in this Trinity. You see, the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's it's not just this mental exercise. It's not God the Father saying, oh yes, Son, I acknowledge you. Uh, And the Son saying, oh yes, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. And the Holy Spirit saying to the Father, oh yes, Father, and Jesus, I acknowledge you, that you exist. Yeah, all too often, I think we as Christians, we can fall into this trap of of simply thinking that uh, acknowledging what the Bible says about God is, is all that there really is, when there's so much more. The, the relationship of the Trinity in the, the Eastern Orthodox Church is especially is envisioned as this beautiful relationship, this intertwined dance almost of uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this, this friendship, this eternal uh, uh, friendship and, and love and, and uh, relationship. It's a living thing. And this is what God invites us into, into part, this participation, not just a, a mental exercise, but a, a full-bodied, full-hearted uh, participation and communication with the Trinity. A dance, if you will. We can experience the Trinity through our remembering our baptism and, and through worship as we gather here together, as we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as we uh, receive Jesus' true body and blood shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins through the bread and wine, as we depart with his name going out upon us. Our worship is a participation and, and our prayer, your, your worship at home, your prayer at home. Every time you pray to, to God, the Father, in Jesus' name, it is an exercise and an experience and an, an expression of the Trinity. It is the Holy Spirit who, who is drawing your heart to pray. On our own, we, would, we wouldn't approach God. It's the Holy Spirit who draws us and teaches us to pray in Jesus' name and to approach the Father whose love for us is so immense. And so I invite you this Trinity Sunday to uh, contemplate, consider the mystery of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this one God who reveals himself to us in in three entities, in three persons, and not just to... uh, Acknowledge that with your, with your thoughts, but to embrace, embrace this God who loves you with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Would you join me in, join me in praying that we would do that together? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love, which is hard for us to comprehend. Lord, uh, Earthly fathers could never compare to you. 
You are the ultimate. We pray your blessing upon all the fathers that are here today, Lord, that all of us would be gifted by you to show the kind of love you have for us to our families. Lord Jesus, we thank you for giving your life for us, for the tremendous sacrifice you made for us, for the uh, suffering, your suffering and death, and your victory over the grave. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you aren't a God who is far off, but you are very near. In fact, you dwell within each of us who have been baptized into your name, and you are reaching out to those who have not yet been baptized to invite them into your heavenly family. Open our hearts, Lord, to the fullness of what you desire for us, a close, connected relationship with you. We praise you, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our prayers this morning, we uh, remember uh, those who have given their life in service to our country. Uh, we also lift up our sister church, uh, St. Paul and Hamill. Please join me in prayer. Please stand. O oh Lord, all good gifts in our life come from you. Receive our thanks. Especially we thank you for who you are and that you love us. Lord, continue to guide our lives that they might be expression of your love for others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessings that we enjoy in this country, in the United States of America. Lord, although our, our nation is not perfect by any means, we thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy here, which many others do not. We thank you for those who have served in many ways, many different ways, in order that we might enjoy these freedoms. And especially today, this weekend, we remember those who have laid down their lives in order that we might be blessed to live in this land, a land that is free. We pray, Father, that you would preserve our freedom. We pray that you would come against those elements of darkness in our society. We pray that your light would, would shine brighter and brighter, that your love would be known by many more in our nation. We thank you ultimately, Jesus, for, for your great sacrifice that you made for us. Lord, in your mercy, be with all who mourn today. Comfort the afflicted. Bring healing to those who are in need of your restoring touch. Father, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your church throughout the world. We pray that you would bless all pastors, missionaries, and teachers of the gospel, that your word would continue to go forth, and that you would open hearts and ears to receive that word. Lord, we thank you for our sister churches and our communities around us. We especially lift up today the Congregation of St. Paul and Hamill, we ask your blessing upon this congregation, our members and our pastor, and we ask that you would be with uh, their school and bless um, all the, the ministries, Lord, in our community that are serving in your name. May you continue uh, to allow your truth to go forth unfettered, and we ask, Lord, that you would, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All these prayers and those that still remain in our hearts, we lift up to you, trusting that you hear us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to invite you to turn to page 319 at this time in the uh, hymnal. And you'll see there the Athanasian Creed, the words to the Athanasian Creed. And uh, I'd just like to share with you a little bit from the introduction uh, this Creed is uh, uh, called the Athanasian Creed, not because Athanasian, Athanasius was the one who wrote it, but because it embodies the teachings of Athanasia. Uh, there was uh, a uh, North African pastor named Arius who began teaching that Jesus was not truly God in AD, uh, and then in AD 325, um, this church responded to this uh, teaching with the Nicene Creed. 
And then toward the end of the 5th century, so the late 400s, another creed was, was written that further uh, refined the church's statement about uh, the Trinity, uh, which is this creed that we will um, confess today. Uh, this creed um, at the beginning talks about the Catholic faith uh, with a small c. The word Catholic means universal. So the universal faith. Um, the universal faith, uh, this creed, is one of three, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, which we regularly use. This is the third of the three uh, universal or Catholic creeds. Um, and so uh, I don't want you to be uh, confused about the term Catholic in, in, the use, in its use in this uh, creed. It's not referring to the Roman Catholic Church, but to the universal Christian teaching about God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and then at the end, uh, this creed is a, a statement of our faith in the Trinity. It's not a statement of our understanding of justification by grace. Um, at the end, there is a statement that those who have done good will enter into eternal life, those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is not saying that we are saved by works. Um, it is a reference to uh, Jesus saying uh, that those who who do uh, um, his will will enter into eternal life. Those who reject his will will enter into eternal suffering. Uh, this too is a, a teaching of the Christian church. So with that being said, if you can uh, confess this creed, uh, please do so together with me. Um, again, I will read the odd-numbered uh, lines and then please respond with the even numbers. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. And the Catholic faith is this. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. In the same way, the Father is Almighty, the Son Almighty, the Holy Spirit Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also we are prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone. Thus, there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. But the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, so that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, 
He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man, born from the substance of his mother in this age. Equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. Ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. If there are any questions or uh, confusion, uh, since we do not uh, use this creed commonly, it may, uh, there may be some of the wording that is, um, you know, may have you wondering. Please uh, follow up with me or Pastor Mueller, uh, one of the elders. We'd be happy to, to speak with you and answer any questions or uh, confusion that you might have from the wording of the creed. Our worship continues as we approach our loving Father in the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is my blood of the new covenant, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. You may be seated.
Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of your people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Receive the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Uh, one thing I didn't mention during the sermon is that that fellowship with the Trinity is, is not meant to be experienced individually, but in community. So uh, take a moment to look around you. If there's someone you haven't said hello to in a while or someone you haven't met, Please introduce yourself uh, and give them your name and get to know one each other, develop a relationship. Go in peace and serve the Lord.